Welcome to episode three of the Disruptive Social Skills Podcast by Life Confident, where we focus on melting away shyness and social anxiety, building skyscraper confidence, and developing cloud-bursting social skills. I'm your host, Richard Gray, and today we're discussing six body language betrayals that transfer the balance of power to you at parties. So as a person with shyness or social anxiety, going to parties, clubs, networking events, the office party, or any kind of social gathering can be your worst nightmare. That is until you learn how to read the room and discover that not everything is as it appears. So in this podcast, we're going to kind of reverse the situation at a party, you're typically, you're inside your own head and you're very self-conscious about your own body language and what's what it's saying to others and you're trying to disguise it. So we're going to go outside our own heads and observe the body language of the other people and we're going to pull back the curtains on their body language with these six body language betrayals. But going to parties and places where people gather socially well, it's going to be almost impossible to avoid as you go through life. And you shouldn't want to. After all, life is not a computer game where you only get three lives. In real life, you get much more. So, you've got this far in life and you've probably died a thousand times already. From embarrassment, awkwardness or frustration. But the game hasn't ended. The lives keep on coming. But are you learning and gathering skill packs for your character? Chances are, if you have a fear about parties, it's because you know how everything's going to play out before you even get there. And it looks something like this. You go with a friend or a group, and at some point they will drift off and get lost in conversation with other people. Whether you're standing at a bar or sitting at a table, it now feels like you're under the spotlight of a thousand furtive eyeballs. Self-consciously, you try to act casual, look relaxed, look busy, look like you're waiting for somebody to return with drinks, look like you've just received a text. It's a funny text, so you give yourself a half smile, just to let the secret watchers know you may be by yourself right now, but you're not alone. At some point, though, you just get tired of all the pretense because none of the busy, cool people are looking at the awkward person. They're all busy with their own pretenses. So you slip away into the night and kiss another life goodbye. No doubt you've heard the term exposure therapy. It's the first and almost always the only piece of advice that people have for those seeking to overcome shyness or social anxiety and reduce their levels of anxiety in social situations. You'll recognise the advice as something like this. You just need to get out more or you just need to speak up more or some variation. It's best to learn some specific conversation skills before doing this. Otherwise, the same pattern will always repeat itself. But there's another thing to take care of before trying out any specific conversational strategies. 
Imagine going to a party armed with some conversational kung fu, but you haven't yet gained an emotional intelligence skill pack for your character. So you can't yet read the room and identify the most receptive people to use your kung fu on. In the best possible way, of course. So, six body language betrayals to read the room. Number one, leaving. Watch the feet of the people talking to each other. If their feet and torso are square onto each other, then they are in harmony and they are engaged with each other. But if at least one of those feet is pointed away from the other person, then that person is ready to leave the conversation. If the foot is pointed towards the door, chances are they're ready to leave altogether. Number two, relaxed. If you see somebody who has their feet crossed and supporting their weight on one foot, perhaps leaning against a wall, this person is feeling relaxed and confident in their environment. The flight-fight instinct in our brain won't allow this pose unless we are 100% comfortable. Number three, defensive. A person crossing their arms while standing or sitting, or otherwise finds a reason to put their arm across their chest, such as fastening a button on an item of clothing, or holding something in front of them, is creating a barrier between themselves and others. These people are in defensive mode. Number four, distanced. A person with their hands clutched behind their back, professor-like, leaving their front exposed. Conversely to number three, and subconsciously, these people are, are saying that they don't want to be approached. Number five, anxious. If the other person is rubbing their neck or arm, or legs if they're sitting down, then they are anxious and they're trying to calm themselves down. Number six, dominant. Somebody who has their hands on their hips, spreading their arms along the back of a sofa, or spreading their stuff out along a table. These people are trying to dominate their space. So observing this world of body language takes your attention out of your own head, and it can be useful for informing you who is approachable and who is not. Learning this unspoken language is a powerful step to developing emotional intelligence about how other people are feeling. Sooner or later, another invite is going to come around or you're going to push yourself into going to a meetup group, a conference or a networking event. This time, do it to test your new emotional intelligence, your new body language reading powers, so that you can power up your own character. Free events and meetups can be found anywhere. At least they will again once the pandemic is over and behind us, and these events and meetups will flourish once more. But the ones that take place in the capital cities will attract the biggest audiences. These are the ones you can most easily lose yourself in. Typically, there will be one or more speakers who will go to a free presentation. And they'll do it for free because 
they can pitch their own product at the end of their presentation. But you're not going there to buy their product. You're going there for their networking opportunity. Attendees will gather for at least half an hour before the start of an event. Then there will be breaks in between if it's a full day event. And finally, there'll be a third opportunity to mingle or observe others after the event. At social gatherings and especially networking events, the whole point is to socialise with others. But many will already be in pairs or groups. So the question is, who do you approach? Now you have the knowledge to spot anxious or defensive body language, you can make a conscious choice to rule these people out as conversation partners if you want. Now you can read group dynamics and spot who wants to leave a conversation. You could also choose to leave these groups alone. After all, you don't want to join a conversation where the other participants are ready to leave. But what if two or more people are talking and their feet, their torsos are facing each other? They're in harmony, right? And this could be a good group to enter. There's no need to overcomplicate how to do this. Simply walk over and stand facing them, listening to their conversation. At networking events particularly, this is not rude behaviour, but normal and expected behaviour. If the group is receptive, their body language will open up to include you. You'll see if feet start pointing towards you. You'll see torsos turn to include you in the group dynamic. One final thing to note about this. If their torsos turn towards you, but their feet do not, then their conversation may have gone beyond the casual into a private level and they may not want your presence at that moment in time. And now you know how to read these cues and recognise that. You can simply say, hey, enjoy the event, and you can move on. Here's a fast and dirty lone person strategy. If you see somebody that's alone and you fancy approaching them and getting engaged in a little bit of conversation, here's a quick three-question strategy to try out with them at a networking event. Number one, are you or did you enjoy the speech or the presentation? So if, if it's at an interval, are you enjoying the presentation or the person giving the presentation? Are you engaged? Are you enjoying the material? What do you think of it? Are you enjoying it? If it's afterwards, did you enjoy? You get it? If it's before, then you can you can say, well, do you know the speaker? Are you looking forward to the speech? You know, this is number one. Question number two, what business are you in? If it's a, a meetup group or, or, or a, a seminar, people generally go to expand their network of business contacts or friendships. Or, you know, if people work at home alone, they, they can go to these events just to get to know people and, and, and mix. But primarily it might be about business and expanding your contacts. So, question two, what business are you in? This can be a social question as well, as with the intention of looking for somebody who's in a similar industry to you, 
You're putting your feelers out there to find out whether you've got a compatible future business uh, contact or not. What business are you in? Number three, it's been good meeting you. Shall we exchange business cards? Or in today's world, we've moved on to the digital aid, so we can say the digital equivalent. I mean, how many people actually carry business cards to events these days? It's more likely that you'll just hover your smartphones over each other's and, and, and the information will transfer this way with QR codes or how we do it. Um, but the thing is, many questions, many questions and conversations drag on beyond their expiry date. And for many an anxious person, this is reason enough to inv- avoid engaging in the first place because we don't know how to close out an interaction. With that in mind, did you notice how the third question makes it clear that you're bringing the interaction to a close? You do this and the other person quite likely is not going to be offended whatsoever. They're probably going to be quite relieved because you may have a lot of people in the room and you want to circulate. You don't want to get stuck in a conversation with small talk and when when you've only got a limited amount of time and you want to see other people. It's being good meeting you. Shall we exchange business cards? That says unequivocally that, hey, nice talk. Let's move on. And you both want to do that, right? And this third question makes that clear without in any way being rude. So are you enjoying the event, the speech? What business are you in? It's being good meeting you. A nice, simple three question strategy. Five minutes with one person, move on to the next and get some experience in meeting people. Quick, quick, snappy little conversations. So let's have a summary. For anyone who has ever been advised to just speak up more and everything will be better with practice and you know because you've tried that it's just not that simple. In this podcast, we've pointed out why. One main contributing factor that makes anyone feel low in uh, confidence or inadequate in any setting is lack of knowledge or ability. Practicing is great advice if you have something to practice and you know who to practice with. So here's the three steps to making a success of exposure therapy. Number one, learn to read other people before you approach them. Learn to read the room, as we've discussed in in this episode. Number two, learn a few social skills strategies to practice once you engage with them. And at Life Confident, we have certain programs to help you out with this, such as the Small Talk Master Keys program. Um, Number three, approach and get practicing. Simple. So, Learn to read the room. Learn a few social skill strategies once you engage. And number three, simply approach and get practicing. So I'm Richard Gray, founder of Life Confident. And whilst we can't invite you to one of our events at this time to practice step three, we do have you covered with steps one and two. Feel free to learn more with a social and emotional intelligence masterclass, for instance, or our Small Talk Master Keys program, as I've just mentioned. These are wonderful programs 
Well, I've enjoyed talking to you in this episode. It's been episode three now and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it more and more and I hope it's been a little bit enjoyable and enlightening for you. So, shall we exchange details? Did you see what I did there? All right, thanks for listening. This has been the Disruptive Social Skills Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us in Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or anywhere all good podcasts can be found so you don't miss the next episode. To find out more about life confidence, world exclusive programmes such as the Social and Emotional Intelligence Masterclass, say that three times fast, or the Small Talk Master Keys programme, visit lifeconfident.com. Thanks for listening.